Welcome to an episode of Sunshine from Heaven. Today is our Talk About It Tuesday, and I've got on the line with us uh, two very special guests of the uh, Jerusalem Missionary Baptist Church out of Brunswick, Georgia. I have Senior Pastor Debbie E. Travis and Assistant Pastor Elder Eric Travis. How are you guys doing today? Wonderful, thank you. Thank you. Great, great. Well, hey, let's dive right in. Uh, tell me a little bit about who who the Travises are. I'll take that one. Thank you for that question. Uh, who are the Travises? Pastor Debbie and Elder Eric Travis. First of all, uh, from a natural state, we are parents, we're grandparents, we're godparents brothers and sisters to several siblings in our family, permanent caretakers of my mother, of our mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, and every now and then temporary caretaker of my dad, and both recently retired from the federal government, while my wife is also a retired Sergeant First Class from the United States Army. Uh, we could go on and on in the natural uh, with being uncles and aunts, and, but I also think uh, uh, we are favored by God to do God's work. We are family-oriented. Uh, we consider ourselves merely humble servants of God, striving to do His will. And that is to bring light into this dark world that we live in. To bring His truth of love to a dying circumstance in the lives of His people and to help them understand and to know that physical and spiritual resurrection is possible to those who believe in him and willing to stand on his promises. We stand together in building of God's kingdom and that while that ministry starts at home, it reaches beyond the memberships of the body of Christ he has placed us in, but to all those that are in need. And I think most importantly, we look way beyond me, myself, and I syndrome of selfish leadership, and we strive to constantly help others reach the spiritual maturity of discipleship as the harvest indeed is plenteous. But there is always room for other laborers in this vineyard, the laborers willing to stand on the truth and not their own interpretation of what the truth is. So I think that's a quick summation of who the Travises are. Wow, that is, ooh, the Travises need a TV show. <laughs> so, all right, well, hey, uh, were you guys, first of all, how long have you guys been together or married? 27 years. 27 years. Yes, sir, 27 years. Now, were you guys both saved when you got married? I think I'll uh, take that one. The closing answer is yes, but if you would allow me to go a little farther, we both accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior early in life, but as we became one in the union of marriage, I believe that we both understood that we had to build a oneness in order to have a healthy marriage. We both understood that it is very important to put the work in in order to build our relationship with Christ in order to have a healthy marriage. So the question, the why, 
because our Christianity is directly related to the way we treat our spouses. So it takes more than saying that we were saved. It takes ownership and the position that we both hold in Christ. If you would refer to James 3 and 12, the Apostle James asks, does a spring set forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Mm -hmm. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? Hmm. or a grapevine bear figs. When we look at these verses, it's clear that our Christianity is shown by the way we live. And one last point, Jesus says, you will know them by their fruits. And hmm. that's according to Matthew 7 in the first part of that 16th verse. Okay. So after 27 years, we strive daily to maintain and understand that it's very important to accept our spiritual responsibility which is the foundation of our marriage, even on today. Well, yes, uh, very true. Very true. I think, like you said, uh, that question, I think, really can't be answered by just saying, hey, were you saved? Because I think a, a lot of people uh, today, uh, especially in this world where a lot of the word has been watered down so much, uh, I think you you really can't just say yes or no i'm saying like you said you can say it but it definitely takes on a different meaning when you explain it like that um now i'm gonna skip around a little bit but my next question would be so since you guys have been married for 27 years out of those years how long have you guys ministered together and would you say is being married uh in the ministry more helpful or more of a hindrance I think I'll take that one. Um, my wife was called into pastoral well ministry early in the 2000, uh, 2001, 2002 timeframe. Actually, before that, and while we were over in Germany in the 1997 timeframe, called into ministry, and she was called into pastoral ship in 2005. I was uh, 2003. I was. Uh, ordained as a deacon in 2005 and later on received a license as a minister and, and then in 2007 uh, ordained as an elder of the church. Uh, for it to be uh, working together in ministry is very critical in that we have to strive on one accord. One of the things that we have to do is understand that God is looking for people, individuals first, to be on his team, to be on his side, to do his work that only are those that are called to do. Like most things, usually you can get more accomplished as a team, but that, that team must work together uh, and in sync with one another. A basketball team, a football team with one eye on the team and everybody else trying to work together just does not work well. Mm -hmm. God says through Jeremiah to the children of Israel, Jeremiah 3 and 15, and I will give you pastors according to my heart, uh, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now that is the ministry aspect of God's calling. And while God will indeed supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, if you are married and preaching the, and teaching the word of God, and having to come home to deal with all sorts of ungodliness, then that has to be a hindrance to you and to the ministry. Mm -hmm. And we know some 
um, great men and some great women of God whose spouses have not received their ordained calling into the ministry, but yet they are in the ministry as they have to be understanding when that person that is called uh, to pastor or to minister receives that 1.30 a.m. phone call and informed that a member or someone in the community uh, has been rushed to the hospital. There is normally no debate on our part if we're going to be with the family at that time or, or just pray from a distance. But we are all on one accord in that arena. So we, our biggest conversation is, do we call someone to watch over the kids or do we dress them and get to take them with us? That is our biggest concern. Now I can see Henderson in, uh, Hendricks entering uh, when you are getting out of your bed at 1.30 to go with someone and you are single or you are married and only one person in the, uh, on one accord in the marriage, make sure in these situations that you're on one accord. If you're not on one accord, you just might be one accord. <laughs> you might find yourself in bubble yeah. later on. Paul went to the church at Rome in 14, 16, to not let your good be evil spoken of. In other words, don't put yourself in situations where you have to explain yourself uh, but there is safety in the multitude of counsel. So take with you a safety net. Take with you somebody that's on the same accord with you. It may not be your spouse, but don't go into those situations by yourself. So to answer your question, our relationship being married as a uh, ministry team has been especially helpful when you are married to someone that knows and hears from heaven concerning your marriage, concerning your family, concerning your church, uh, concerning the ministry itself. While uh, one may not see it, if they say it came from God, I'm gearing up and getting ready for the ride because I know God is going to take us somewhere because there's no doubt in my mind that the marriage that I'm in is beneficial to us. Wow. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, hey, give me one second. We're going to check in with our sponsor and we'll be right back. You're listening to Sunshine from Heaven, brought to you by Kennedy's Corner, your one-stop shop to make your special event pop. Custom t-shirts just the way you want them, delivered to your front door. That's Kennedy's Corner with a K via Facebook or Instagram. Get your custom t-shirts today. Kennedy's Corner. All right, welcome back. We're here with uh, Senior Pastor Debbie E. Travis and Assistant Pastor Elder Eric Travis of the Jerusalem Missionary Baptist Church in Brunswick, Georgia. Uh, uh, let's continue on. My, uh, You kind of alluded to my next question, which was uh, if you had a couple in your congregation who were talking about getting married or even one uh, and they weren't equally uh, yoked or both serving, what would be your counseling measures or what would be your advice to that person? I think I'll take that one. Uh, first of all, I would explain that equally yoked is a biblical phrase referred to in the Christian community 
that is oftentimes used to justify a decision made about a relationship or a marriage. And some people have even said that there are couples that were not equally yoked because of a different upbringing, a decision-making process, their beliefs, finances, education, location, and even appearances. The Bible speaks about being unequally yoked. According to 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked with unbelievers. It does not say relationship, it doesn't say marriage, but its implication is that of a relationship with another person. Mm -hmm. So I would give them an example of a yoke or something that is bind together. Uh, a yoke is a wooden bar that joins two oxen to each other and to the burden that they're pulling. An unequally yoked team has one stronger ox and one weaker or one taller or one shorter. The weaker or the shorter oxen would walk more slowly than the taller, stronger one, causing the load to go around in circles. Mm. So when oxen are unequally yoked, they cannot perform the task set before them. Instead of working together, they are now at odds with one another. Using a scripture base, as I talked about in 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, I would explain that the Apostle Paul's view is a part of a larger discourse to the church at Corinth on the Christian life. He discouraged them from being in an unequal partnership with unbelievers because believers and unbelievers are opposite, mm -hmm. just as light and darkness are opposite. They simply have nothing in common. So if either couple is a non-believer, I would ask them both to consider what effect it would have upon their relationship. Because God's plan is for man and a woman to become one flesh, according to Genesis 22 and 24. Having a relationship that is so intimate that one literally and figuratively becomes a part of the other. Uniting a believer with an unbeliever is essentially uniting opposites, which makes for a very difficult marriage relationship. But for every problem, there is a solution. Mm -hmm. If this be the case, I would offer sessions to further explain marriage, provide the plan of salvation, and prayerfully ask them to not to rush, but to consider what would be at hand. Because we are under free will, I would not pressure either one of them to abandon the relationship if they really wanted the union. Because God provides us with biblical examples, Hosea being one. The lesson of Hosea and Gomer is a lesson of God's love and God's forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Within every relationship and within every marriage, there's heartache, there's disappointment, there's struggle. In, in, in a marriage or relationship. And he shows that even in Hosea. But when we rely on God's power, his redeeming and his restorative power, and knowing that he never fails, I would emphasize to them that with Christ, all things are possible when we place our trust in him. Okay, well, that's, that is great. But uh, let me ask you this. Have you ever had to 
like you said, you're going to encourage people. You're not going to tell them no. But have you ever had to, I guess, really do some deep counseling and maybe persuade people who were in a rush uh, to allow him to see things more clearly? If you felt like the Holy Spirit was urging you not to uh, marry them. Yes, I have. And that's why I said that I would give them sessions. I would explain to them um, because, as I said in the beginning, there's a lot of factors that uh, can cause someone to be unequally yoked. And with everything that's going on in the world and uh, sometimes, you know, even in relationships that say that they are equally yoked, uh, people sometimes don't put things in perspective. And one of the things that I've had to do and emphasize, especially with younger couples, and we've had some older couples, is that we have to pray. Mm-hmm. We can't be anxious for anything. Right. We have to we have to seek God. But again, because we're under free will and there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, we would want to draw them to the word of God by encouraging them and not necessarily just turning them away. And, you know, textbook, uh, according to textbook and, and being led under the option of the Holy Ghost, you can only give so many counseling sessions. Mm-hmm. And after a while, it becomes just redundant. The couple has to do the homework. Right, right. And that's what we would stress, that they would have to do the homework. And we would encourage them again, but prayer, it would really be the key. No. I hope that I answered your question. You did. You did. Thank you. So uh, with that being said, because that actually puts me right to my next question, because uh, that seems like a lot of work, uh, you know, not only the physical work of doing the counseling, but also the spiritual work of praying for these people that you want, like I said, first and foremost, for them to have salvation and then also that they would be able to be married and have a successful uh, marriage. So uh, as a pastor, when you were called to ministry, did you want to pastor or was that just something that uh, you grew into, you would say? My first response would be, is this a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> but as a believer in Christ, um, he, God would never allow us to enter into any office of ministry without the preparation phase. Mm -hmm. There may be those that have the desire, but the call must always take place. In fact, when I received my call, I didn't think I was equipped or worthy of the call. Mm -hmm. I was not even certain exactly how to reach the people so that they could build their trust in me. Mm -hmm. So my secret weapon to the call is prayer. Mm. And as I speak even on today, I'm recalling that there were several hard driving factors from the human side of me, as is with all pastors have some human side that want to uh, have a play in there. First, I am a female, but still called by God. Second, there were and are still some naysayers. Mm-hmm. But I'm still called by God. And third, even within the family dynamic, sometimes not recognized in the office that I've held now for 17 years, 
I have been persuaded through the option of the Holy Spirit that I am still called by God. Mm. My secret weapon in prayer and God has used me in so many ways to build up God's people, whether that be through preaching the word, teaching the word, counseling, or leading. And I can understand the, the, the behind the curtain thing of a pastor life. Yes, it's hard. And sometimes stress is high. But when one submits to the studying of the scripture, the praying, take note, listening to God more than talking, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit takes the lead and we learn to give praise in the hard times and to humbly seek him, trust him, and believe that all things are possible. And this is still true whether you are male or female. Pastorialship is something that will not be accomplished in your own might. But all things come through him. Yes. And there is a biblical example found in 1 Samuel, where it says, when the young Samuel was sleeping, the Lord called his name. Not recognizing the voice, Samuel ran to the elderly Eli, thinking it was him. Mm -hmm. And when the voice continued to call Samuel, Eli told him to lift it, because it must be the Lord speaking. And so just as we see in that, still in that first Samuel, around that 26th verse, it describes Samuel's growth, physically, spiritually, and socially. He grew in favor both with the Lord and with men. And so it is today with pastors. We have to listen for the voice of the Lord. And knowing that when the call is up on your life, it's an assignment that you cannot get out of. Mm. And when God sees fit to place you into the office of pastorship, then he will equip you. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> that answered that question and two more I had after that. So you <laughs> you you <laughs> must <laughs> Well that is awesome. Now that like the last question that I had, like I said, you pretty much answered it was what was what's a huge if you had to answer a question about the misconception of married ministries uh, what would it be? And you kind of touched on uh, the male and female roles in uh, marriage as well as ministry. And, and, and if I can touch on that, because um, she did hit a hit a home run with that. And oh no, that was that was a grand slam, Elder. I'm sorry, that was a grand slam. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if I can take it just a little bit further by clearing up that conception along with another conception about married pastors. One misconception goes back to a previous question you asked as it addressed a ministry team being helpful or a hindrance. Uh, when it comes to ministry in general, God never said this role would be easy. Thomasina mm -hmm. addressed it a few weeks ago, and we all are going to have some afflictions in our lives, we're going to have some struggles, some trials, some tribulations. We're going to have some mountains that we have to climb and some valleys that we have to go through. But as I am 
so glad that the psalmist didn't put a comma there when he said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Mm-hmm. But he put, he put a period there, he put a comma there, because the period would have ended that. Right. But he went on to say, God will deliver us from them all. Amen. So if you are in ministry and pastorship, or just a believer striving to have a closer walk with the Lord, know when these things come, not to look to the left or to the right, but look to the hills from which cometh your help. And don't give up and don't give in. That's not the time to give up, but it's the time to hold on. Like old man Joel says, until your change come. Mm. Yes, it's going to be rough. There are going to be some light afflictions, but the light afflictions that we're going through is nothing compared to the glory that's ahead for us. And as she said, the other conception misconception about women in ministry. Let me tell you, we are living in the last days. And these last days may last a hundred years or may not last a thousand years or more. But God said that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Yes. And I see the working of God in the life of my wife that there is no doubt that God is using her. She was she was on the phone the other day with the customer support for our home service. She was trying to get some updates made to. And the spirit started speaking to her about the customer service lady she was talking to. Hmm. And she asked her, uh, was her name a certain name? And the woman said, no, that's my mother's name. And my mother had just passed uh, a, few, a month or so ago. Oh, wow. But then she, then she said, uh, my, my wife told her, God said, don't give up. He's going to provide you a place to live. And the young lady bust off, started crying because she was living out of her car. Look at God. The word, the word of God is speaking to his children. Male, female, young, old. God is speaking in the life of his people. You can't tell me God is not using all people to do the work of the ministry. We need to study God's word and know why Paul wrote to tell the women to be silent. And then go get on board because God is ready to do some awesome things in the body of Christ to bring this nation and this world closer to him. Open up our eyes, open up our hearts, and receive the word of the Lord. Wow, you guys have really uh, turned the sunshine into a blazing fire because... I had six questions or seven, and I think I got seven sermons out of seven questions. <laughs> wow, that, that is powerful. Well, I, I definitely can hear and feel the love that each of you have for God and for each other. And I definitely can understand why God would put such a team together uh, in order to do a mighty work now not that god couldn't do it with anybody else but i think i, I told uh, my first lady of the day when the holy spirit was speaking to me i said no none of us are perfect people but we are perfectly placed by god to do his will right. and so and being willing and able we just celebrated her 17th year anniversary pastoral anniversary last week and what an awesome talent. We couldn't be in the building, but we were online, uh, teleconference, 
and we had a glorious time because the people have a heart for God. Yes. And even though we can't be together physically, the spirit can still roam into the heart. We have some hurting people. Yes. And they still need to hear, is there a word from the Lord? Yes. And we had some mighty speakers that came and let us know that God is still speaking to us and through us if we're just willing to let Yes, as I, I like how the the soldier said, yeah, you don't have to go, just send the word, and it's gonna accomplish what it needs to accomplish. Well, I I am so grateful and appreciative for you guys taking time out of your busy educational schedule to uh, talk with us here on the Sunshine from Heaven, uh, and I am uh, looking forward to when this pandemic clears up to actually come and visit with you guys uh, in Georgia. Amen. And we try to do the same. We uh, jump in this old car and hit, get on the road. We, we both retired. And nothing in now other than trying to get back here for church on Sunday morning. All right, then. That sounds good. Well, hey, thank you again for being here with us. I hope you guys are enjoying listening to uh, Senior Pastor Debbie E. Travis and Assistant Pastor Elder Eric Travis from Jerusalem Missionary Baptist Church out of Brunswick, Georgia. May God bless you and keep you guys this day. And remember, share a little sunshine. You're listening to Sunshine from Heaven, brought to you by Kennedy's Corner, your one-stop shop to make your special event pop. Custom t-shirts just the way you want them. Delivered to your front door. That's Kennedy's Corner with a K via Facebook or Instagram. Get your custom t-shirts today. Kennedy's Corner.